Ching, ching, oh, yeah, uh, uh. Fear not, my lady. It is I, Sir Gabe, come to save you. Oh, thanks for trying to give me. I love you. Oh, hi, Gabe. <clears throat> oh. Hey, hey, Ryan. Um, what's up? Uh, uh, you know, not not too much. Uh, we got an episode to record. Oh wait, that's today. <laughs> yeah. Please, yeah. please tell me you're not gonna, you know, leave that in. Oh, of course I am. Damn it. So, Gabe, today, what are we talking about? All right, all right, we're talking about paladins today. Um, talking about paladins. So, for those who are not initiated, what is a paladin? Well, I, I want to see, like, what what do you think of when you when you uh, hear paladin? Like, I think of, you know, holy warrior clad in armor. I think that is kind of what most people are thinking, but, you know, not everybody's the same as mine. Yeah. I agree that definitely like the first thing that comes to my mind is that holy warrior. Uh, if you want to think in a historical in a historical sense, uh, maybe like the Templars could be a good example of if they were D and D classes, perhaps they would be paladins. I don't know, but yeah, it's like yeah. So like the main thing for those of you who've never played a paladin or are new to the game uh, is they are paladins are getting power from a divine oath and. Uh, they're kind of this holy class. Uh, you can be associated with God, but the way I see it, you don't necessarily have to be. Because um, uh, mm -hmm. just I I see their relationship with with like the forces of the universe a little more intimate than that of a cleric. Like they've sworn an oath that is bind them to a cause rather than uh, a god, or and it can be a god yeah. as well. So you can have that, you know. Uh, agent of the church and stuff, but I see them as a little, like, they're they're fundamentally different from a cleric, hence, like, the difference in classes. Um, yeah. Uh, I agree, definitely. Uh, though I think out of all of our experiences, almost always we've had the paladin tied to a god of some sort, but looking deeper into the archetypes, definitely I can see a lot of other ways to like to have their holy oaths bind them to the universe as a whole instead of just some deity. Yeah, I think I think it can be... Either way, it can be really interesting, though. Oh, for sure. And then... Basically, when you're playing a paladin, what you're getting is you're getting a... a their warrior class. Um, you're getting a, a pretty good combat ability. Uh, you're gonna get outpaced by some of the, in terms of pure combat, by like the uh, fighter, the barbarian. They're gonna they're gonna outpace you in terms of pure combat, but you're uh, you're supplementing other stuff that will help you uh, help you in combat, mm -hmm. like with your magical abilities. Uh, they're very yeah. I see. Yeah, go ahead. They're very much like a a, a gish type. Uh, like despite the fact that they're not arcane in nature, you're still getting that spell and sword, uh, you're getting great tanking ability, and you get a lot of damage. 
I we've seen some crazy numbers put on screen from paladins. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see the paladins as great all-around upfront fighters. Uh, they got their well, they got their martial weapons. They got their heavy armor. If you're playing a traditional paladin, you've got your spell casting, which even if it might not be totally, uh, it might not totally be combat like damage output oriented. A lot of those defense spells are so great to have. Oh, yeah. You have a D10 hit dice. Uh, you don't have so many stats to focus on, so you can really double down on uh, like getting that con con mod high if you're not too worried about trying to make other people pass saves or something like that. So, Paladin's got a lot going for them. I'd call them one of the probably one of the best mixed bags that you have in the group. Yeah, I would agree. I think Paladin is one of the better design classes in fifth, fifth edition. I don't. It's. I think there are some other contenders for for um, best design, but uh, Paladin in you got it all. So, without further ado, let's get into their uh, features. So uh, yeah, so right off the bat, level one, we start off with um, uh, their divine sense and lay on hands. Well, uh, first off, we're gonna, we'll, we'll talk about their hit, like what they're getting for hit dice. They're getting d tens for hit dice, just as a mm-hmm. um, you're getting. Proficiency in all armor, all uh, all shields, all all shields. Yeah, there's only one type of shield. Um, <laughs> you're getting simple weapons, martial weapons. So you you know you got all of that. You have the saves in wisdom and charisma, which are honestly the wisdom is a really great save to have uh, proficiency in. Oh yeah. You're going to um, you're going to be making a, a lot of wisdom saves to <laughs> ward off like someone trying to take control of your mind. Which I think is, I think it's fitting for the paladin to have that, uh, because, yeah. like, rather than like strength or constitution, I think it's like, like, yeah, you're, you're such a force to be reckoned with. Like your, your presence of your personality is just as much as a, 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 a force as the presence of your your physicality. That it's like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. good at resisting these sort of mind altering effects. But if you're like worried, like I sort of think of it as. I sort of think of it as they have a huge bind to their moral oath, like so much so that, like, it takes so much to bend their will to break that moral oath that they made. Yeah. And then charisma saves, you're gonna—they don't come up too often, but they're usually like pretty hefty. Like when they do, like you're you're looking at stuff like banishment <laughs> and banish being banished mm-hmm. sucks. Just like cause you're just out of the game. Yep. Um, which I th- I kind of mm-hmm. see as like yeah you're so. Your personality just tethers you to the plane, which I like a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're getting ba- equipment, base equipment, what you'd expect. You're getting heavy armor, wet martial weapons, you can sword and board, you can take a big sword, whatever you want. Um, but yeah, let's, mm-hmm. get, let's get to the Divine Sense. Orion, what does the Divine Sense do? Well, Divine Sense lets you... My, it gives you wonderful sense of smell. You're basically a bloodhound for my celestial fiends or undead within 60 feet of you. My, so so long as they're not behind total cover. So I feel like this is great for if you're, say, in a crowd of people and you know one of them is like one of them is something bad that you're hunting down. Yeah, this is not 
this is one of those abilities that is like I think is overlooked and because it's, it's situational. It's very like a you're not Oh yeah, very situational. But like when it when it happens, like like you you know if you're playing a paladin, you're like, I've got there's something telling me that like something's not right. You just like you say, Hey DM, I'm gonna use my divine sense and uh and that I think that you know it's not going to happen all the time. <laughs> From what I, mm-hmm. unless you're playing like an undead heavy campaign or something like that, um, or a yeah. you know a heavy with one of these creature types, it's probably not going to happen mm-hmm. too often. But like when it does, it's going to be really cool because <laughs> your DM's going to be like, yeah, yeah you I... you smell like you smell brimstone or you smell like the rotting flesh. And you're just like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. No, this doesn't necessarily mean that you are smelling them. We just kind of like the idea that, yeah, for some reason you just smell them. Oh yeah, it does. It does um, say in the actual description like it's. It might be a heavenly music. In case of like celestials, it can be a noxious odor. I think it's up. I think you should take a second and decide what uh, what your divine mm. sense looks like. But moving on yeah. to lay on hands. Um, Lay on hands. It's just a great healing ability. It's it's uh, just solid all around. Uh, I, f- I find it personally. I find it best for like self heals, like a, when you get like later on, because it's just one of those abilities where it's like way. It's it's more efficient in terms of healing um, rather than like cure wounds and stuff like that, because you know exactly how many how many hit points you're getting. You're um, uh, basically. The feature is you get to uh, you get a pool of hit points equal to five times your paladin level, uh, and as an action you can uh, you can expend a- as many hit points as you want from that pool to give to a, a different creature that you can touch. So uh, that can and that can be yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely I've seen a couple cases where it's like, great, our paladin's gotten super low, uh, right up front in the middle of battle. It's like. Oh wait, right. I can do this. Paladin smacks their hand against their chest and just unloads forty HP back into themselves. They're good for another three, maybe four rounds. Yeah, because you're not rolling yeah. dice or anything like that. And you, um, it is your, it, it's your action. But like, giving yourself, you know, even at, at sixth level, you're giving yourself thirty HP as a, as an action. Not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to use all of your lay on hand points at once. Something that I've commonly seen done is uh, players will use almost all of them, but save maybe two or three HP so that if someone goes down close by, they can rush over and just give that person one HP just to get them back up. Yeah, play like a little bit of combat medic. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, moving on to fighting style. Um, this is a pretty basic feature. I think we're going to go over this more when we get to uh, fighters, because that's cause they get access to all of the fighting styles. Um, what? Fighters get fighting styles? <laughs> unbelievably, uh, they do. But I, I see this more as like a yeah. fighter ability, so we're going to talk about this when we get to our fighter episode. Um, but yeah. yeah. That's still... We're moving on to second level stuff, by the way. So fighting style is second level. Uh, spell casting, second level, which is sort of the next thing we're going to go into for a little bit. Yeah, so paladins are half casters. They are unlike um, uh, 
some of your your full caster classes like uh, wizards, clerics, like wizard, um, sorcerer, etc. Druids. Uh, uh, you are you have uh, access to a limited number of spells uh, by you're ending your career at 20th level with only 5th level spell slots. But I find this to be more than enough because uh, you know the paladin spells that you get will be just will give you just an edge to help you uh, supplement your combat ability. And nine mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you're not even gonna, you're not be, gonna be casting <laughs> with those spell slots. You're not worried about using those spell slots for actually actual spells. You're you're gonna mm-hmm. use them for what our next feature is: divine smite. My one of my favorites. Yep, uh, we have sort of given the term of paladin spell slots, smite slots, since, to be honest, this is what you're going to be using them for mostly. No, yeah, what you can do is you can exchange a first level spell slot, for example, and that first level spell slot is going to give you 2d8 extra radiant damage to your attack, and you can choose to add divine smite after you hit, so that means that even you can save your all of your divine smites if you want or at least your higher level divine smites for when you roll a crit so you can get all of those sweet d8 dice doubled so this is but this is where the um like the, the fact that the paladin runs out of steam really quickly kind of comes into play because like you're not the fact that you're not getting a lot of spells means that you can you can very easily burn all of your smites. <laughs> <laughs> like very quickly, like um, I'm playing a I'm playing a tenth level paladin right now, and so I have third level spell slots. <laughs> and, you, and if I, I mean, if you smite like if you're smiting with every attack, you'll be like two or three rounds into combat, and you'll be like, oh, I'm like I, I don't got any more spells left, and uh, <laughs> the party the party's not interested in taking a long rest right here, so I'm not gonna get these back, and once you're kind of run out of that like magical energy, a sort of uh, the paladin you're sort of a downgraded fighter. Yeah, the paladin sort of just grinds to a halt right when you hit that, uh, right when you lose your spell slots, um, which I think makes it better in a way because you have to constantly be thinking about like, okay, do I want to use this resource or not? Because I because like what's going to happen later? Um, some people might might not like that. I know. Some people like have a hard time expending those finite resources. Like, well, I might because they always sort of think, well, I might need it later. I might need it later. But let me, let me tell you, yeah. just use the smite. Just don't use it all the time. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. you will be you will be you'll find yourself with the, with the big boss and be a um, just you know a loser with a sword that can or less a less good fighter. Yeah. And Divine Smite has more than just the 2d8 added for, say, a first-level spell slot. Uh, they actually gain an extra ability if you're smiting an undead or a fiend. Uh, you get an extra d8 if you're smiting undead or fiends. So that gives you a little extra incentive to hold on to your smites if you know you're going to be running into some of those sooner or later. Oh yeah, and DMs out there, if you are worried about, if you're worried about your paladin just coming in, and. Uh mopping the floor with your with your like big bad just start throwing like like uh send them through like a gauntlet of like smaller weaker enemies that they 
you know, and bait and really bait them into using their sp spell slots before they get to the the big bad. I like um, RDM John has played me several times by like throwing out undead uh, and like fiends and stuff that are like you know lower tier mobs um, before we get to like the boss of like the dungeon and just have to fight mm -hmm. them. And I and I take the bait all the time, just like oh yeah. <laughs> Oh wait, this is undead. That means I get that extra D eight to smite. Oh, I just crit. Well, it's like, well, it's a lemur, but I really want to just unload divine smite. Want to roll those dice? I want to see those numbers come up, and uh, and then I I get to the end, and I'm like, oh, I've only got like two slots left. <laughs> this is yeah. This should be interesting. Anywho. Yeah, my... Before we move on, I actually kind of want to take a step back to spellcasting and just sort of talk a little bit about what are some of those uh, paladin quintessential spells that you like to take. Uh, you've played paladin a bit more than I have, uh, but, you know, just what are some of those really good paladin spells that you think are sort of that they're needed? Um, I think you're going to want, uh, you're going to want, like, stuff like, uh, what, what's it, uh, Shield of Faith, getting your AC up is really good. A lot of the smite spells are actually um, pretty pretty useful. Uh, you're usually not you're not taking them for the damage most of the times. What I, I find is you're taking them for the rider ability, um, and that's mm -hmm. and that's really cool. Like you know, blinding your foe with an attack or like throwing them, knocking them on their ass <laughs> is really mm -hmm. uh, interesting and cool. Um, yeah, you're probably gonna want to take you probably want to take cure wounds just so you have a backup, like quick heal. Um, if you don't take it though, I think it's perfectly fine. I don't think you're required yeah. to take it, um, but you're not gonna be. Uh, there'll be a lot of different spells. I think you're gonna want to have some sort of uh, buff spell, so something to buff yourself. Uh, is I think is almost mandatory. I think taking a, a smite spell for each level is is you should probably you should probably do that as well, uh, and then uh, da, 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 and then something something to help your allies, uh, which can be you know healing or con control. They have some decent control spells. Uh, uh, a compelled duel is a fun one, even though it's it's not it's very situational. It's Mm -hmm. it, it's probably it's probably known as one of like the worst spells that the paladins can get but I, I used it a couple times it's very fun it's very fun to be like fight me 1v1 me bro and especially if it's like a dragon mm -hmm. or something like that <laughs> and, you're just, and the dragon's like okay yeah. and you're dead um, but something something to help your allies in terms of either control or if you want to take cure wounds and just get a little healing but yeah Mm-hmm. That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely agree on a lot of that stuff. I don't personally use uh, some of the spell slights all some of the spell smites all that often because I prefer uh, I prefer doing divine smites to just get that damage out as fast as possible. Mm hmm Um I'm personally a fan of stuff like Shield of Faith, my uh, Divine Favor, my great first level spell oh yeah divine uh, favor just adds really nice. yeah even in 
later levels. It's a first level spell, you get 1d4 extra damage, and if you're not concentrating on something else, hey, it's a great great way to do it. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, the thing is that you find with uh, most of the paladin spells is uh, they're almost all concentration, uh, even like the smites, mm-hmm. which means you can't yeah. have multiple actives, so you're probably, and it lends itself to that gameplay, like you probably cast one of them, you cast your shield of faith or whatever, your divine favor, and then you just... Um, the rest of the, the battle or whatever you're, you're using your s- slots for smites um, because mm-hmm. you know you can't you can't concentrate on two spells yep so anyways I think that covers casting yeah uh, let's get to third level third level you get mm-hmm. divine health your amended disease you get your vaccines um, mm-hmm. I think some people complain, like, some DMs will complain sometimes, like, oh, like, this is, the, they're immune to disease, now I can't ever do, like, a plague campaign. It's like, well, yeah, you can, but Paladin just won't be affected by that plague. We'll have to watch as everybody will, around them is dying of this plague, and they're, you know, they can mm-hmm. use their, they can use their measly 15 hit points to cure three people of the disease uh, once a day, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a fast-acting plague, and they're dying too fast, faster yeah. than they can heal them. But yeah. Personally, I think a plague campaign would be great for, like, would be great to play, especially if you have a paladin in the party. Just because of that, it's like, yeah, paladin can't help everyone. You walk you know, into a city, and everyone's sick. You like, gotta find the root. Well, you gotta find the root of that disease. Yeah, you'll get the magic potion mm-hmm. or whatever the the MacGuffin that'll cure everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that. My minor feature, still a good one though. Um, mm-hmm. Third level, you also get the sacred oath. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about those in a bit, but basically, this is your archetype. Yeah, you're getting you're getting access to um, key abilities that will help you specialize from uh, other paladins. Uh, you're gonna get oath spells and channel divinity, uh, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Ability score improvement. I think that's a little uh, self-explanatory. Every class gets that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have just ability score improvement, 4th level, 8th level, 12th, 16th, and 19th level. Uh, fairly fairly simple. Yep, you get to increase one ability score of your choice by 2, or 2, uh, two by 1. Um, and Or you can, if you are using feats, you can take a feat. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, fifth level. Fifth level. Yeah. Extra attack. Um, attack twice instead of once whenever you take the attack action. Um, this kind of is what you know. Everybody, everybody's benchmark. Every like uh, martial class is benchmark. Um, paladins are also getting access to second level uh, spell slots at this level. So you're really gonna you're really gonna see a uh, big boost to your combat ability at fifth level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of bringing back that divine favor play that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get extra attack, you're bumping that up from just one d4 to two d4 extra per turn. So I feel like when you get that extra attack, uh, you really like. It's not just sending out two attacks a turn. It's not just like oh, I wield a long sword. It's not just two d8 a turn. 
it's I have two chances to get crits in a turn, two chances to divine smite, two chances to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that brings us to Aura of Protection. Uh, I think this is... Auras are sort of the other main feature of the Paladin that I think of. Yeah, and the Aura of Protection, I think, really sort of enforces this... The, the, the Paladin's tanking ability that, like, separates them as a tank from, like, the Barbarian and, like, the Fighter and stuff because of mm -hmm. this ability. So uh, what it does is uh, uh, you and uh, every friendly creature within 10 feet of you, whenever they make a save, uh, the creature gains a bonus to the saving throw equal to your Charisma modifier with a minimum of plus one. And you must be conscious to grant the bonus. So... That means that your each of your saving throws is going to get a bonus equal to your charisma modifier, which if you're probably going to have, uh, you know, maybe most paladins I see are going to probably have like a two or a three to charisma, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, in probably maybe more, uh, and having that bonus to your to all of your saves is really nice. It it basically mm -hmm. where the barbarian and the fighter are. You know, they might be lacking if the barbarian or the fighter in um in heavy armor might be lacking in dexterity saves, uh, because they just dumped dex. Well, even if you you know have a minus one or a minus two with to your dex save, that plus that plus You're two still from your almost certainly gonna be balanced out to at least a zero, if not if not probably one or two plus. Yeah, so bringing all of your saving throws up, making you able to. To last longer in combat through that means, and I think that that really makes the paladin a well-rounded tank. Whether like the you know barbarians and the fighters can be just basically just damage sponges. Um, mm. Not to say that the paladin can't be a damage sponge as well, but they get this little nice perk on top. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have yeah. tenth level uh, aura of courage. You and friendly creatures within 10 feet can't be frightened. Uh, at 10th level, I'd say that this probably wouldn't come up as much. I don't tend to see frighten. Well, you're going to see it with... As a status with, come um, up as much. You're going to see it with, like, dragons and stuff a lot. If, if that, like, that's the theme of your campaign. That fearful presence, yeah. Yeah, they've got the frightful presence. That's the, the first thing that comes to mind. Um, But, you know, mm -hmm. it, if fear comes up... It, it comes up... A fair amount, I, I. But and it's you know immunity. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Nice yeah. little nice little bonus. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, I think we move on to eleventh level. Improved divine smite. Uh, you're getting. I feel like this is one of the best features that they get. <laughs> yeah, where you get to just you every hit you just get get to add an extra negate of radiant damage. Um, mm -hmm. Just you don't have to use a spell slot. You're just doing an extra d8. Um, yeah. And I think take your boring old longsword. Now you're not just doing one d8 per attack. You're doing two d8, one d8 of that being radiant. A lot of stuff doesn't resist that, so it's just it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I I think this is really helps the paladin, like because at eleventh level, you know, because uh, barbarians um, have been getting you know bonuses to their rage damage and stuff like that. That's helping them keep up. Um, fighters, you have three attacks. Um, and this and uh, paladins, you're getting you're getting that extra radiant damage on every single hit. I think that mm -hmm. just sort of helps them, makes them so even when you're out of spell slots and stuff, 
you're not just a, uh, a worse fighter. Yeah. Uh, then yeah. at level 14. Yeah. Maybe, or anything else you want to say about Divine Smite? Nope. That's, that was it. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, level 14, Cleansing Touch. Uh, I find this to be... Like, you're, now you're getting to sort of the levels of play that most players never really get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, of course, comes a lot of quite nice stuff. Uh, level 14, that Cleansing Touch. Uh, being able to end a... Uh, spell effect, I believe it is, or is it just you can uh, you can end one spell on yourself or a willing creature that you touch, and you can use that up to uh, a number of times equal to your charisma uh, modifier. So, yeah, what, any any thoughts on this? Um, I can see this being useful. Like, obviously, if you're like if some of the big if a lot of the big bads that you're facing are more spellcaster focused and less of dragons and less of my demons and devils that are more like just innate ability focused mm-hmm. so this is definitely more of a lich more of a i think vampires get spell casting but Some i don't do. remember on that one um, yeah it's definitely more humanoid focused for like facing big bads but i think yeah. this is i think this is really nice because you can um like some of you're probably not going to be using it to to end I think I don't know if it'll come into play very often. I've never played at this level. First off, um, I piloted mm. to this level, um, so I don't know. It, I don't think it'll come into play that often. But when it does, the the situations I can see where it will come into play, I think will be very like key, like <laughs> key play plays. Like the somebody's possessed or um, not possessed, uh, like being dominated with a dominate person spell. You. You know, just mm-hmm. say, use your action to end that, and uh, it's done. And that's, like, you used your action, but that's a, <laughs> it's great to have an ally again. Um, I, or if I could see this being useful to end stuff like my Bane, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, you could, or if, you're, or if you're held person, if you are caught, if you fail your wisdom save and you are caught in, like, a hold person or something of that nature, you don't, you don't have to be able to move, you can just... Be like, yeah, I'm using my action and that. I don't need to. I'm not gonna make a save or anything. I'm not repeating my save or anything. I'm just done with it. Mm-hmm. I think that. I think yeah. that's. I, like I said, not gonna come up all the time, but when it it will be very very useful when it does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that brings us to our final paladin ability, which is pretty simple, but pretty pretty awesome actually, uh, is the aura improvements. So. At 18th level, the range of all your auras increased 30 feet. So all the auras that were 10 feet before are all becoming 30 feet, which is, <laughs> which if you ever looked at a grid, if you use grids, is a, a really large area. That's a lot of, mm. they can be pretty far away and still get your your bonuses to your, uh, to the save and throws and, you know, immune to frighten. And then the sacred oaths also grant you, um, special auras most of the time yeah Mm -hmm. simple ability great ability i think that's probably Mm -hmm. the theme of this class there's a lot of like simple abilities but really really good ones yeah so i guess that's going to bring us over to the sacred oaths the archetypes that you get to pick at third level all right which one are we going with first or 
Well, first one that's listed in the PHB is probably my favorite, the Oath of Devotion. So the Oath of Devotion uh, is your, I don't want to say vanilla paladin, but they, they are like... It's gen- do you want more paladin with your paladin? Yeah, you want more paladin with your paladin, devotion is the way to go. Um, really, really fun stuff you can do with this. Uh, yeah, your, your tenets, I'll, I'll read the tenets quick. Um, is honesty, don't lie or cheat, let your word be your promise. Courage, never fear to act, though caution is wise. Compassion, aid others, protect the weak, and punish those who threaten them. Show mercy to your foes, but temper it with wisdom. Uh, honor, treat other with fairness, and let your honorable deeds be an example to them. Do as much good as possible when you can. Do as much good as possible while causing the least amount of harm. And duty, be responsible for your actions and their consequences. To protect those entrusted to you. To your care and obey those who have just authority over you. I think this is. I guess this is also a good time to bring up that Paladin is one of the most role play heavy classes because they're the only classes that have stuff like the Tenets of Devotion or the Tenets of some of the other archetypes. So, just an interesting thing to bring up. Yeah, I think um, I think that these should be. You should really look at these instead of being like. You know, oh, I want to go this paladin archetype because they get, you know, like, I want to go with a vengeance because they get advantage on all their attacks. It's like, well, are you, do you like these tenants? Are you, are you making a character who is abiding by those tenants? Well, you know, mm-hmm. that should be something you really think about. And I think the DMs out there should really, should read them and, um, and make sure that their, their players following them. I'm not saying, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, your paladin of devotion decides that to to not show mercy on their their uh, mortal foe or something like it's like oh no paladin powers anymore. Um, I think I think if you're uh, because that can be a cool character moment. It's like if it's like your your greatest enemy or whatever. It's like I have to mm-hmm. I have to kill them. They're like you know tormented my family for generations. Or, something to that effect like mm-hmm. that can be a really cool character moment and not to just directly punch them for that is something that you should probably not do um, but if they're constantly breaking those tenants I think it's I think it's perfectly all right to be like hey paladin you're, you're on the <laughs> you're getting you're kind of skirting the lines of your oath here bud uh, you probably mm-hmm. if you don't change this I will take your paladin powers and you might have to you might have to reclass or you or go with breaker or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, these tenets can provide a lot of really cool like DM opportunities. Like, uh, you can see that with a lot with other characters as well, sort of like the warlock or the cleric. But having these limits, or having these well, not necessarily limits, but having these guidelines to build characters by. You can really put some characters in some interesting situations to make them wonder, okay, like what would I do if I have these tenets in these situations? Yeah, it really like, pushes. You the might power. have your mortal en- you might have your mortal enemy in front of you, but if your devotion, you might, like, you might physically not be able to kill your mortal enemy. Yeah, I think it really it pushes the paladins to be to be better. Like you, you should. 
Like, yeah, mm-hmm. a lesser, like it might be like a lesser man would would kill this person, or a lesser man would flee, but you're you're trying to uphold these higher ideals that say, like, no, I'm going mm-hmm. to be better. Yeah. And I really like that. <laughs> I think that what makes it a really interesting class. Yeah. Anyways, moving on from the Devotion Tenets is the Oath of Devotion spells that you get. Yeah, so you're getting, uh, uh, with the Oath of Devotion spells, solid, solid picks. You're getting a lot of uh, cleric, cleric-y spells. Um, protection mm-hmm. of evil from evil and good, sanctuary, lesser restoration, zone of truth, beacon of hope, dispel magic, freedom of movement, guardian of faith, commune, and flame strike. Really solid mm-hmm. picks, <laughs> honestly. Like... Yeah. And I think um, they kind of uh, help with the, the paladin playstyle of concentrating and concentrating and then being able to concentrating on one spell and using your other slots for smites. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, you get a lot of like good buffs. Freedom movement is awesome. Both freedom and movement and guarding the faith. Are great like spells where you just set it and forget it. Um, oh yeah, no concentration, just plop it down. You've got a great, uh, you've got a great effect on the field. Whether it's freedom movement and you're you know slippery as hell, and uh, or guarding mm-hmm. your faith where you just you know get a kick ass buddy to hang out and play watchdog yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on the oath spells? Um. I really like these oath spells, but especially when you look at the next feature, uh, their channel divinity, their sacred weapon in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, like at third level, you just get like, uh, all paladins get channel divinity at third level. All of them will get turn the unholy. Well, they uh, usually get is... something. They're they're technically different. So they're so the, uh, they so most of them most of them have a something that will allow you to do some sort of turning um, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's specifically some are like keyed towards undead some are keyed towards like fey and you know other pl- extra planar creatures but they all most of them mm-hmm. have um, something they turn that, something yeah and uh, there's a few exceptions to this rule but continue mm-hmm. but then I really like the sacred weapon uh, mm-hmm. essentially you can use your channel divinity and for one minute you add your charisma modifier to your attack rolls made with your weapon with a minimum of plus one uh, the weapon emits bright light uh, at 20 foot radius and dim light at a 40 foot radius in total I guess uh, and if the weapon is not already magical it becomes magical for the duration so you have an on demand magic weapon at third level yeah. I honestly feel like that in conjunction with the, especially just right away, the third level paladin spells that you get, Devotion's already set out to be the instant demon slayer. Yeah, because, you know, most of, the, most of those enemies, those mobs, are you're starting to get into mobs that are, like, resistant to magic, uh, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magic weapons. It's like, yeah, I'm, I mm-hmm. don't care. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm ready yep. to go on. I'm ready to go all the time. It's a great ability. And with that, and with that bonus to charisma attack rolls, I can really see this being good for if you're playing a feats campaign to go with a, like to go with a two-handed great weapon. 
like great sword maul great axe something like that i can really see it being good for you to just activate your channel divinity get that sacred weapon just go all out great weapon master like, yeah i don't really i don't really make yeah. your dm I can, want to kill you <laughs> yeah i see yeah i see this as a really good way to just go all out with damage yeah um but that do you have any other thoughts on those two features uh, I think that sums it up fairly well for me. Yeah. Um, we have next. We have Aura of Devotion. Uh, Ryan, why don't you read what this does? Yep. So you get your Aura of Devotion at seventh level. My friendly creatures within ten feet of you can't be charmed while they're con well, while you are conscious. And at eighteenth level, this increases to thirty feet. So, I feel like charm, especially, is a really that's always going to be something you have to worry about. You're going to be negating a lot of effects with this. There's a mm -hmm. lot of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of like spells and um, monster effects that they might not specifically inflict, a, or they might do a charm or something charm adjacent effect. And but most of them will say if they're immune to charm, it doesn't work. And there's yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff that in D and D where this is just you're just going to be able to play down this and say no I, it doesn't work yeah so again i see this as being really pointed towards the devil slayer the fiend slayer the demon slayer since a lot of a lot of devils tend to have like a lot of devils and i guess a lot of phase as well tend to have a lot of charm based things yeah there's just a lot of charming in D. &D. yeah better watch your noggin mm-hmm so yeah, uh, I guess moving on to level 15. Gabe, what do we get? Level 15, you are always under the effect of protection from evil and good spell, which... Purity of spirit. Yeah, purity of spirit. Um, you are always under the effect of protection from evil and good spell, which is... It's it's one of those spells where, like, I usually... It, it's, a, it's a good substitute for... Um, uh, what's the spell? Shield of Faith. Um, because, you know, uh, the 2AC or disadvantage from, from attacks from your enemies. So it's situational, for sure. But uh, having that, uh, having disadvantage like from all, you know, you're basically protected, avoided from aberration, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. That's a lot of an enemy types. That's... You're going to be pretty set with this. Uh, yeah. But, but again, another minor benefit that is really, really potent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see this being like really, really good, at, like even as you're getting closer to end game. Since mm -hmm. like the higher level play that you get, the more abnormal creatures you're going to be fighting. So a lot of that stuff that's listed in there, and if they're going to be getting disadvantage on attack rolls against you. Yeah, not only and disadvantage, um, you you you're uh, you can't be well. You're not gonna be able to be frightened or charmed, which you're already immune to. Um, but you can't be possessed. You can't by be that. possessed either. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. You're you're ghost. Yeah. You're ghost proof. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. actually gonna change this the name. It's no longer purity spirit. It's just gonna be ghost proof. It's ghost proof now. Okay. It's ghost proof. <laughs> all right and, and anyways at, I guess uh, at that 20 level 
20th level Holy Nimbus. This is your capstone ability. Most, Almost all the paladins get like a transformation type ability. Uh, and the devo Oath of Devotion, you're going to, uh, for a minute, you shine like a light bulb in a 30 foot radius. Uh, and uh, whenever an enemy creature starts its turn within that 30 foot radius of bright light, it takes 10 radiant damage, which is not nothing. It's like, just for free, you know, that's pretty good for free damage. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and in addition, you have, for the duration, you have advantage on saving throws against spells from fiends or undead. So if you're, you know, you're ending the campaign going against Desmodeus or something like that, that's, I think it really lends to that. Or going up against a lich. You know, this mm -hmm. is going to be, this should be pretty useful. Um, yeah, and then once you use this feature, you can't use it for a long rest. Which pretty, is very fair. A pretty good capstone ability. Uh, mm -hmm. I I think some of the other auras are a little better, in my opinion. For the the yeah, not the auras. Um, the capstones. The capstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But this is potent. Like I think the ten radiant damage every single turn is like it adds up. It it definitely adds up, especially because it's, it's for free. You don't have to do anything. You're you're just, mm -hmm. they're punished for being around you. <laughs> I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I can even see this being this. I feel like it would be especially good, like uh, just dealing with a lot of the a lot of the cannon fodder that the big bad sending it as you're fighting them. Yes, you're not wasting your attacks right. or anything. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, I can just sort of stand here. You're already, they're probably going to be. Uh, fiend or undead base something that your protection from good and evil is already going to be giving them disadvantage on hitting you yeah. so it's basically just you're just going to be standing there and having like having your sheer presence kill them yeah anyway what's our next oath That's it our for next oath in line is the oath of ancients oath of the ancients so the tenets of the ancients are kindle the light through your acts of mercy, kindness, forgiveness, um, can, kindness and forgiveness, kindle the light of hope in the world, beating back despair. Shelter the light whenever, the, wherever, excuse me, where there is good, beauty, love, and laughter in the world, stand against the wickedness that will swallow it. Where life flourishes, stand against the forces that would render it barren. Preserve your own life, delight in song and laughter, in beauty and art. If you allow the light to die in your own heart, can't preserve it in the world. Be the light. Be a glorious beacon for all who live in despair. Let the light of your joy and courage shine forth in all your deeds. So pretty, like, basic, I would say. Like, mm -hmm. it's uh, certainly, like, certainly um, evocative. I would, I would just say it's, uh, you know, you could definitely, this could be a lot of things. You're not, you're not going to yeah. be super challenged by keeping these, go to the mm -hmm. bar. Go to yeah. the bar. You're 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 doing all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what about what's our what's our channel divinity options, Ryan? Um. Well, first let's take a quick look at the oath spells, since uh, I feel like these really do set up fairly well what the oath of ancients is. Uh, 
Third level, you get Ensnaring Strike, Speak with Animals. Fifth level, Moonbeam, Misty Step. Ninth, Plant Growth and Protect from Energy. Thirteenth, uh, Ice Storm and Stone Skin. And finally, at 17th level, you get Commute with Nature and Tree Stride. So right in the description. Yeah, right in the description of the Oath of Ancients. It's it's a druid paladin. Yeah. You're you're the green knight. You're getting a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of like the better pa- um not paladin. Uh druid spells for your oath, uh, oath mm-hmm. spells. What's not to love? <laughs> yeah. I've never I haven't played this archetype, but I would definitely definitely would. I think that's goes to say about all the archetypes. Mhm. Yeah, I think next time I play Paladin, I might give the Oath of Ancients a try, mm-hmm. just because it's like, yeah, I don't know, it seems really interesting. Those are a um, lot of good Oath spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Channel Divinity, they have Turn the Faithless, uh, Words of Utterance are painful to Fey or fiends that hear them. So mm-hmm. Basically, yep. it's, your turn, eight... it's your turn ability, it's just for Fey and yeah. fiends. Mm-hmm. And Nature's Wrath. You can use your channel divinity to invoke primal forces to ensnare your foe. As an action, you can cause spectral vines to spring up and reach for a creature within 10 feet of you. The creature within 10 feet that you can see. Good distinction. Uh, the creature can must make a strength or dexterity saving throw its choice or be restrained. Uh, and while restrained, the creature repeats its saving throw at the end of each of its turns. On a success, it frees itself and the vines vanish. So it's basically like a uh, action and snaring strike of sorts. Yeah, it's. Um, I think this is good. I think it's one of its weaker, like abilities, because mm-hmm. the yeah. the the choice of strength or dexterity. I th- m- most creatures are going to have a pretty good, like, a really good strength or dex save. Like, there, mm-hmm. I, there's not a whole lot of creatures uh, that I can think of that are, like, have both of them are pretty bad. But, yeah. So I, th- but I think this it's is... there. I think it's, this is a, a paladin that you're going to want to take a higher charisma with, because you're going to, you're going to be forcing a lot more saves than other paladins. Yeah. That said, I feel like I would probably be using Turn the Faithless much more than Nature's Wrath. Yeah. Although, Turn the Faithless, yeah. you're going to be using, you know, whenever there aren't fair fiends. Yeah. So. Well, that's the Channel Divinity. Uh, mm-hmm. At level 7, you're going to get Aura of Warding. At the beginning of 7th level, ancient magic, ancient magic lies so heavily upon you that it forms an Eldritch Ward. You and friendly creatures within 10 feet have resistance to damage from spells. This is awesome. <laughs> this is why you're Yeah, here. that's... This is really why you're here. Like, it, This is why you're playing Oath of Ancients, so you can get resistance to spells, I think. is The elf spells are, are good. Channel Divinity is nice. This is why you're here. Or warding. Yeah, you basically just... You can walk into almost any situation now and have almost no fear. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's again a case of a simple spell. Um, it, it doesn't do a whole lot per se. There's no active ability, but it just it just works. It just is yeah. great. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. And level 15, my Undying Sentinel. My, when you reduce to zero hit points, you are not killed outright. You can choose to drop to one hit point instead. Once you use this ability, you can't use it again to a long rest. Additionally, you suffer none of the drawbacks of old age, and you can't be magically aged. It's pretty nice. <laughs> hey, that's pretty yeah, good. It's, it's like relentless endurance. Yeah. It's just... If you're if you're half work if you're half work uh, oath of ancients paladin you're you're some you're the bad guy will just be like why won't you stay down yeah um, I can see someone having a lot of fun with this <laughs> yeah absolutely although it is fifteenth level it's gonna, it's gonna be a while till you get it but uh, well, great yeah. great feature nonetheless mm-hmm. and then the capstone ability elder champion. 20th level, you can assume the form of an ancient force of nature taking on appearance you choose. For example, you're going you're gonna to get very uh, get very nature you might get, Your skin might turn green, take on a bark-like texture. You might sprout antlers or a lion mane. That's pretty cool. Um, but once mm-hmm. you undergo the transformation, you gain the following benefits for a minute. Uh, at the start of the turn, you'll regenerate 10 hit points. That's pretty sweet. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever you cast a Paladin spell that has a casting time of one action, you can do it as a bonus action instead. Uh, awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. Um, enemy creatures within 10 feet of you have disadvantage against uh, on saving throws against your Paladin spells and channel divinity options. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Oath of Ancients really encourages you to get that charisma stat up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would... Uh, if I was playing Oath of Ancients, this is this is such a good capstone ability. This is a awesome reward for like sticking out through 20, 20 levels. Just that final battle, the final battle you're getting into it. It's like yeah, I'm just all those spells that I've been you know more earlier. You'd have to worry about you know waste you know like do I use my action to attack or do I use it to cast a spell? It's like nah, I'm just always. You can do everything, man. I, I can do everything. That just opens up mm-hmm. so many options. Great yeah. feature. Our next one, I think, is Oath of Vengeance. Oath want, of Vengeance. If you want that good, good edge. That sweet, sweet edge. Sweet edge. <laughs> In all seriousness, no, I, I love this. This is a great subclass, and I think it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very popular one, too. Yeah. Um, tenants uh, are... Do you tenants, want to read the tenants? tenants Venon. Yeah. My tenants of Vengeance fight the greater evil. Uh, face the choice of fighting my sworn foes or combating a lesser evil, I choose the greater evil. No mercy for the wicked. Ordinary foes might win by mercy, but my sworn enemies do not. By any means necessary, my qualms can't get in the way of exterminating my foes. And restitution... If my foes re- if my foes wreak ruin on the world, it is because I failed to stop them. I must help those harmed by their misdeeds. I really like that they have that last one in there. Yeah, that um, you uh, it, it makes it so you're you're not just it separates you're not just a murder hobo. Yeah, you're separating you from being a murder hobo. It's like yeah, you gotta you gotta pay for. Get to help people out a little bit, you know. It doesn't mean anything. The fact that you killed the ancient dragon does not 
stop the fact that it raised the village. You need to you need to mm. go help them out a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, I killed the dragon. Have fun, guys. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. Have fun, defenseless. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I a, a very cool, I guess, tenants. Um, very much. Uh, they're interesting ones to work with. They're they're interesting ones to work with, and I think it does say right in in the the tenants that it may vary for paladin um, to paladin. But I think you're yep. you're you're playing this to be the edgy, more like focused and determined for like a singular goal type of character. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. And its spells definitely reflect that, I think. Absolutely. Um, you want to take a look at those? I will. I will take a look. You're getting get it. Uh, Bane, Hunter's Mark, Hold Person, Misty Step, Haste, Protection from Energy, Banishment, Dimension Door, Hold Monster, and Scrying. All like these are all spells that are focused on either. You're either going to help you stop your foe, help you get get in range of your foe, help you take down your foe, or help you help you protect you from yourself from the foe, or um, <laughs> or find your foe. Like, I'm looking at, like, even, like, the, the scrying spell, like, that makes so much sense. It's just like, I need, I'm, guess what? Oh, there's, yeah. There's no one, there's nowhere in the world anymore that you can hide from me. I can always find you. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly yeah. a scary thought. <laughs> yeah. I love that they have scrying in here, just because Yes, they have a lot of like damaging and hunting spells, but just having scrying in there to be able to study and learn about your foe, that is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That said, um, it is 17th level, so by the time you get to that, you're probably going to have other people in your party who can do it, but it's still a nice touch. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, your channel of any options are Abjure en- Enemy, um, you're Abjuring Stuff, uh, you can, it, this, basically, it says, it changes it from one of the worst abjuring abilities, honestly, uh, or, um, turning abilities, uh, but it basically is, you can do any enemy, but you can only choose one. Mm-hmm. Van Fiends and Undead have disadvantage. It's, yeah. It's all right. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's there. You're most likely here. This, you're most likely going to be here for the Vow of Enmity, though, uh, which mm-hmm. basically, as a bonus action, you can uh, choose a creature within ten feet to have advantage all the time for a minute. Which, mm-hmm. in fifth edition, advantage is is key. You want advantage as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yeah, which I feel like this especially makes sense and goes very well with the Oath of Vengeance, just because it's like. Yeah, I want you dead. I'm going to focus super hard on you. I want to get all those crits out. I want to get all of those dice from Divine Smite. I want to have the best possible chance of killing you. Absolutely. Um, with that, it brings us to Relentless Avenger. Um, at 7th level, your supernatural focus helps you close off a foe's retreat. Uh, when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, you can move up your half, half your speed immediately after the attack is part of the same reaction. So you can you're basically just always following. Them. I think this is mm-hmm. it's it's a good ability. What yeah. are your what are your thoughts? I like it. I'm a 
though that said if you're playing with feats i can see it not being as useful since i feel like if you're playing an oath of vengeance paladin there's going to be a good chance that you take sentinel yeah that's what i was thinking and this is probably but if you're not it's probably one of the weaker seventh level abilities too because i think what devotion's getting immunity to charm and uh mm -hmm. ancients is getting straight up resistance to all spell damage this, yeah. I think this is not, it's not keeping up in pace, but I think you're basically, you're trading off a, a stronger channel divinity for a weaker 7th level ability. I, th I think it balances mm -hmm. out, but uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, not a I'm not a developer, so. Yeah. But if you, if you aren't using feats, this is still definitely very useful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My... That brings us to level 15, uh, the Soul of Vengeance. Uh, starting at 15th level, the authority with which you speak your Vow of Enmity gives you a greater power over your foe. When a creature under the effects of your Vow of Enmity makes an attack, uh, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against that creature if it's within range. I think this, this just, is awesome. Yeah, I think this just supports the fact that this class is, is basically built around the Vow of Enmity. Yeah, and instantly, just that 15th level ability basically instantly like makes their 7th level ability useless. Yes. Yeah, because you are competing so. for your reactions. I do think, I, mm -hmm. I do think that this is a very pop, this is, while this is a very popular option, I do think that it, it is lacking in, in several areas. It's a great option, don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's mm -hmm. the the powerhouse that almost that I definitely used to think it was. I I, I think before doing this episode, that's it. Well, I think where people see the powerhouse in it is a lot of those uh, vengeance spells. Yeah, I think because you get stuff like Hunter's Mark and Haste. And yeah, like, like so. I think it's I think it's the Vow of Enmity. I think it's a really popular multi class. You go, you get to third level, you get Vow of Enmity, and you're like, all right, great, I'm good, I'm I'm out of here. Yeah take that go fighter the rest of the way or something mm -hmm. but at anyways at 20th level capstone what what happens at 20th level ryan my you become an avenging angel my using your action you undergo a transformation for one hour so definitely the capstone is like it's yeah, not just a minute it's a full hour this is this is like the please don't leave or <laughs> we're gonna yeah. reward you for you if you stick with it the yeah. whole way, you're gonna get. It's gonna be sweet. It's yeah. Uh, wings sprout from your back, and you gain a flying speed of sixty feet. Uh, you emanate an aura and a thirty foot radius. And the first time an enemy enters the aura or starts its turn there during a battle, the creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you for one minute, or until it takes any damage. Attack rolls against the frightened creature have advantage. Flying speed. So, is is great. I think, I think, the, but yeah. at twentieth level, it does kind of it it falls a little flat because it pretty much everybody else <laughs> is flying already. Like, yeah, it, it's not hard to get flying fly speed at twentieth level. Um, Especially if you're comparing this capstone to Oath of Ancients and Devotion, mm -hmm. it's like it it just it's very meh. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, I think I think uh, the Oath of Vengeance is pretty front loaded. Uh, I but mm-hmm. I do think that if you follow it through all the way, I think you can. Uh, you, I think it will be satisfying nonetheless. That said, I could see this like I envision a I envision a scene in like where you're basically doing a war campaign, and I can imagine like at the end of the campaign you are just in the middle of war. I imagine this Oath of Vengeance Paladin just at the front lines, flying in, uh, and just like thirty feet around him, people are just terrified of his existence. Yeah, like that I can imagine, but definitely like, I can't. I can't see this being useful, like well, especially like in the war scene, especially given that this is one hour. I feel like this is much more tailored towards those sort of like those sort of larger more enemy combats and not facing like a big bad i have to agree mm-hmm. well with that said uh let's move on to xanathar's guide to everything indeed uh what's our first one in xanathar's guide our first one in xanathar's guide is the oath of conquest oh this one's really cool this <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, do you mind if I read the tenets? Oh, go ahead. Be my guest. All right. Uh, the tenets of conquest. Douse the flame of hope. It is not enough to merely defeat the enemy in battle. Your victory must be so overwhelming that your enemy's will to fight is shattered forever. A blade that can end a life. Fear can end in an empire. Uh, rule with an iron fist. Once you have conquered, tolerate no dissent. Your word is law. Those who disobey it... Uh, shall be, well, shall those, be those who obey it, not disobey. Those, yep, yep. Those who obey it shall be favored. Yeah, that sounds better. Uh, <laughs> and those who defy it shall be punished as an example to all who might follow. And strength above all, you shall rule until a stronger one arises. Then you must grow mightier and meet the challenge, or fall, or fall to your own ruin. I feel like this is basically the barbarian paladin. Uh, I see it. I see it almost as like a. Like a Roman kind of deal, I I yeah. this is so so different from all the other ones. Even from the Oath of Vengeance, the Oath of Vengeance is like yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm fighting the greater evil. This one's like no, no, no. I the, if I You're I'm a tyrannical ruler. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up here. I'm gonna take control. And I'm gonna you know force this place to be better. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. It's. Really, really interesting. I don't think you have to be necessarily evil um, to when you're playing an Oath, uh, Oath of Conquest, um, but I definitely think it lends itself to it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have. You certainly don't have to be evil. You can be well, probably neutral or something, new, uh, lawful neutral. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know how you could play uh, a good Oath of Conquest. <laughs> it would be very. You. I mean, you could do it, but it would be very. Um, it would be a challenge. I would love to see someone. Yeah, I would love to see someone try it. I would love to just see how it all works. But anyway, one of our twelve viewers we'll... send us <laughs> send us yeah. uh, your oath of your good <laughs> oath of conquest paladin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of conquest, let's look at the conquest spells. Uh, Armor of Agathis, command, hold person, spiritual weapon, bestow curse, fear, dominate beast, stone skin, cloud kill, and dominate person. I love that they have command in there. 
Yeah, that just is just so fitting. Kneel before me, just mm-hmm. absolute command, fear, bestow, curse. Those three, I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't think of having those there, but I love that those are there. Yeah, I I really my favorite is Armor of Agathus, is because it's one of my mm-hmm. favorite warlock spells. And, oh yeah, and the ability to upcast it and stuff like you're not gonna get as much mileage as a warlock out of it because you're you know you're not getting fifth level spells to seventeenth level, but like you know mm-hmm. even you know the, the, the you could cast it multiple times in a day though. Yeah, the the, the like, damage that's bouncing back is so is so cool and so fitting. I think is um, as you'll see in like the other abilities, like like being punished for nearly for just striking this paladin for merely mm-hmm. going against them. I think is <laughs> is really flavorful and I really lends itself to what this paladin's about. Yeah, and um, that, that, bring, that brings us to our channel divinities. Uh, I. Take yep. this. Um, you can use your channel divinity to exude a terrifying presence. As an action, you force each creature of your choice within 30 feet of you to make wisdom saving throw, um, and on a failed save, it becomes frightened. So it does not turn the the creature, um, but it will frighten them, which I feel is more fitting. Yeah, I do think it's more fitting, and it also it also. Um, it also combos really well with their aura of conquest, which they get at seventh level. Mm-hmm. But what about their guided strike? Oh, guided strike! You see this in the war cleric. I I think it fits really well. You just get to add yeah. plus ten to an attack roll. You need that. Mm-hmm. You need that one hit to land. You just add mm-hmm. plus ten, and like even if it's it's like a fifteen that comes at twenty five. There's I don't know many creatures that are, you know, are going to be missed by it. Yeah. Are, are, are gonna... getting to CR twenty plus creatures that yeah it's like yeah yeah I I definitely imagine this as a like if you're playing feats I definitely imagine this as a great sword great weapon master you're going all in damage for the most absolutely. part absolutely absolutely um and then uh, uh aura of conquest tell me what the aura of conquest does Orion. Well, you see, at 7th level, you get the Aura of Conquest. Uh, you constantly emanate a menacing aura while you're not incapacitated. The aura extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. If a creature is frightened of you, its speed is reduced to zero while in the aura, and that creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin level at the start of their turn. At 18th level, this range increases to 30 feet. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. You're going to want to be trying to find, like... You're using your conquering presence to frighten the creatures, and then you're just standing there, and they can't leave. They, yeah. they're just, they're just there, and they're taking psychic. They're being pummeled with your mere presence, and that's so cool. I would, yeah, and that blends so well with level nine fear, that, like the fear spell you get at level nine. Yeah, I would, I would like it. I would like it. I think a little bit more. My only, like, my only gripe is that fear only affects one person, and it's your third level spell. Um, I wish you, I wish they had, like, you might want to try and find some other ways to inflict the frightened condition. Um, perhaps, mm-hmm. I yeah. would say, perhaps, like, uh, maybe you get a magic item or something like that, but, uh, yeah. but I think... Th- I could the, see the... other players in the party, like, 
taking advantage of this as well to like, yeah. a lot of the other spellcasters sort of like your wizard is ca- casting fear and stuff like that or something like that oh wait no my in there it says if a creature is frightened of you though so it really has to come from you. oh yeah you're right scratch yeah. that <laughs> yep. but yeah trying to get a magic item or something mm-hmm. uh but i think you're because the conquering presence is combos nicely with it with it but you only have one channel divinity so you're you use it yeah if they fit, if they pass the save, it's like oh, then your your aura of conquest is does nothing. So yeah. Anywho, it's a very much all in sort of deal. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good ability. I um, uh, you probably want you probably gonna want to find some ways to buff it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Scornful rebuke at fifteenth level. Those who dares to strike you are physically punished for their audacity. How dare they? Uh, whenever a creature hits you with an attack, the cre- that creature takes psychic damage to your charisma modifier. Mo- charisma modifier if you're not uh, incapacitated. This is, I think, uh, is necessarily. I don't know necessarily think this is like the most powerful fifteenth level ability. But I think it's one of the more flavorful ones. Just be like, yeah. Just that constant punishment for uh, anybody dare hitting you with an attack, like, um, it, and even if it's, even if your charisma modifier is like two or three, that free damage, that you know, reflective damage, is just going to be such mm-hmm. a, a, a such a thorn in your enemy's shoulder, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think so far from what we've gone through in my the Oath of Conquest. I feel like there is a problem of trying to figure out what sort of like what your stat build is going to be. Are you <clears> focusing more on your pure out on your pure damage output, or you're more focused on trying to make your enemies fail your fear saves? I, I would focus. So there's three main stats I see a paladin having. I see a paladin having constitution, charisma, and strength. Um, yeah. Is like those are the things you want to focus on, and different paladins uh, have those at different levels. I think you're going to want to have, for this this build, you're going to want to have your strength to to, to be physically hitting. I think you're going to want to have that be pretty high. I want, I, I, excuse me, your highest probably, um, mm-hmm. and then follow closely by your charisma, and then your constitution yeah. be decent, but you. I don't think it's necessary to to uh to bring that all out because you're getting a lot of control spells that will, will like I mean like your aura of conquest in theory should be should be allowing you to uh, mitigate a lot of uh, should be able in theory be able to allow you to mitigate a lot of damage coming your way true and also armor of agathis to help give you that extra temp hp so yeah yeah i guess that makes sense so that's how I see it. You could probably I I can, I can see it having your charisma high, higher than your strength, um, to be really like that force of uh, let your bring your personality, force of your charisma into it into play. Yeah. Uh, and be the a true conqueror. I definitely see that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I could see this working very well with a hexblade warlock multi class. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Warlocks are for another episode. Anyways, uh, 20th level, Capstone. Gabe, tell me about it. At 20th level, you gain the ability to harness extraordinary martial prowess as an action you magically become a 
Avatar of Conquest and gain following benefits for a minute. You have resistance to all damage. When you retake the attack action on your turn, you make one additional attack as part of that action. Your melee weapon's attack score is... <laughs> uh, <laughs> melee excuse me. Your melee weapon's attack... Your melee weapon attacks score a critical hit on a 19 or 20 on the d20. So basically, you're taking... Absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, you're taking the really awesome, like, the, the ability from Barbarian to, to half damage. Um, and then you're getting the, the third attack <laughs> that most fighters get. And you're also an expanded crit range. Oh my god, that's you're, that's terrifying. You're basically playing, you're basically playing a 20th level Paladin a third level bear totem barbarian and a third level like a, yeah a third level uh, champion fighter and have that extra attack yeah this is good i would have liked to see maybe like maybe like in trade-off for like um maybe expanded crit range or something like that another fear effect to really kind of mm -hmm. help you help you out with the aura of conquest but uh, yeah, this is, I can this see is that sweet fitting too. in very well. Yeah, the expanded crit range is really helpful though for you because you're like you said earlier. It's just mm. you, you have three, uh, three options or three opportunities to crit on your attacks and just pump a mm -hmm. fourth level divine smite and just end their yeah end their day. Awesome, awesome subclass, really flavorful, mm -hmm. really cool. That brings us to the exact opposite, <laughs> the Oath of Redemption. Um, I, I guess I can read the Tenets of Redemption. Uh, mm -hmm. Peace, violence is a weapon of last resort, diplomacy and understanding are paths to long-lasting peace. Innocence, all people begin life in an innocent state, and it is their environment or influence of dark forces that drives them to evil. Uh, by setting a proper example and, and working to heal the wounds of a deeply flawed world, you can set anyone on a righteous path. Patience. Change takes time. Those who have a walked the path of the wicked must be given reminders to keep them honest and true. Once you have planted the seed of righteousness in a creature, you must work day after day to allow that seed to survive and flourish. Wisdom. Your heart and mind must stay, uh, stay clear, for eventually you will be forced to admit defeat. Well, while every creature can be redeemed, some are so far along the path of evil that you have no choice but to end their lives for the greater good. Any such action must be carefully weighed and the consequences fully understood. But once you've made the decision, follow through knowing that your path is just. So, you're all about, with this oath, you're all about, you know, redeeming people. You're all about seeing the good. You're really, with, I think this is interesting because you're really trying to you're making a choice by choosing the subclass to really, to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You know, the, that orc camp mm -hmm. that's been harrying that village, you're giving them it's like, a chance to be like, okay, you you can be, I know you can be better, let's let's try and make you be better, rather than just like, yeah, they're, they're monsters, let's go kill them. You know? Yeah, I, I see a lot of really f cool and interesting role-playing opportunities with the Oath of Redemption, given that D&D is such a combat-focused game. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, this is a really interesting subclass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, next is Oath Spells. I really like these Oath Spells. 
I'm just going to yeah. say it right off the bat. Um, Sanctuary, Sleep, Calm Motions, Hold Person, Counterspell, Hypnotic Pattern, Odalux Resilient Sphere, Stone Skin, Hold Monster, and Wall of Force. These are all, like, really awesome, like, abilities that are, like, really keyed toward what you're all about. Is like, you know, you're about it, not harming people. <laughs> it feels so fitting. And, oh, yeah. Like, and what's nice is these spells aren't bad either. Oh, yeah, Spells no. are awesome. Absolutely. I mean, call emotions to... You're using it in social situations, like, like you know, like that, like orc, that orc tribe that I um, brought up earlier. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, they're super aggressive, but you just cast calm motions. Like, hey, everybody, let's just chill. Let's just take a mm -hmm. second and just sort of see where everybody's coming from. And like, that's really interesting. Or um, like counter spell. It's like someone, maybe somebody in like a in like a, I can see like in a, a standoff, like a where, like, a really tense standoff and someone fires a spell and, like, oh, out of, like, uh, you know, like, out of uh, mm -hmm. fear almost. And it's like, and you're just like, oh, let's let's take a second. Let's not start this right now. And I think yeah, just stuff to and, neutralize situations. A lot of... Mm -hmm. And we, we know the power of sleep. Oh, yeah. Sleep is probably one of the most underrated spells. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I love... 17th level, I think Wall of Force is a great touch in there. Uh, being able to just, like, if you can't talk your way to separate a conflict, you can force a conflict to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. These are really cool. Um, why don't you go over the Channel Divinity options for us? Yeah, so, Channel Divinity. We've got Emissary of Peace. You can use your Channel Divinity... Uh, essentially as a bonus action to grant yourself a plus five to persuasion checks for the next ten minutes. So, yeah, this is definitely the most diplomatic paladin. Yeah. And and I think uh, this is really fitting rather than like a turn ability because they don't have a they don't have a turn any turning ability. Um, I, I see this as the replacement. Um, I see. Mm -hmm. Which I think makes sense. It's like rather than like um shutting people out, you're all about, like, letting them in. Getting so. a lot of text messages there, I see. <laughs> yeah, work, work is calling me. <laughs> uh, oh, well. I think... Uh, uh, and then, and then, uh, what's the second option? Rebuke the Violent. My channel divinity immediately after... My, an attack within 30 feet of you deals damage with an attack against a creature other than you. You can use your reaction to force the attacker to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the attacker takes radiant damage equal to the damage it just dealt. And it takes half as much on a successful save. So, I think this is an interesting one. My, I think I think this is great. I think... <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Like, just waiting for... like Because a lot of like the big monsters are going to have a really like strong attack that they might they might not lead with it but like you know uh dragons a dragon's breath weapon uh lich might mm -hmm. use like a you know a caster might send like a disintegration or something like that that's gonna just mess up your day um but something like when when you see those big flashy effects that are doing a lot of damage it doesn't have to be an attack i probably mm -hmm. i probably wouldn't use it on an attack because 
um, because those can, uh, but uh, and just just be like, no, you're you're gonna pay for that. Um, and mm-hmm. even yeah, you know, even half damage off a dragon's fire blast or a red dragon's fire blast breath is like, you're probably doing twenty five twenty. Least- 20 to 40 damage depending on the age of the dragon mm-hmm. even on yeah. a, even on a success or on a successful save mm-hmm. and what's nice is that it's radiant damage yeah so it's like yeah definitely it's very much have a taste of your own medicine yeah um great i, th- I think this is a great channel divinity option mm-hmm. i think they're both i think they both really complement each other because you're not you most likely aren't they aren't really contending against each other. Like with the other ones, like you're having a turn option in combat, or you have a uh, uh, you have your special option in combat. Um, mm-hmm. And this is like you've got it. You've got a social option, and then you've got a a combat option. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think I think the fact that they aren't competing really lends to this uh, subclass. Yeah, uh, but at seventh level, you're going to get Aura of the Guardian. Uh, at seventh level, you can shield yourself from harm at cost of your own health. So you can use your reaction, basically you can use a reaction for anybody within your aura of 10 feet to take the damage for the for that creature. Uh, I think this is great. If you have a high if you have a con- high constitution and stuff, um, just taking, like, that wizard or whatever, that, like, squishier character, just being like, hey, I, you're probably not going to be able to take this damage. I'm going to, I'm going to help you out here. <laughs> so you don't, so you're not going down. Because I've got a large, a larger pool of hit points, probably in heavy armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts just, on this again, one? Again, simple done. Like, it just—it's simple. Uh, gets the job done. It's such a solid ability. Um, mm-hmm. Protective spirit. Eighteenth level. Exchange it to thirty feet. So it's like. Yeah, it's it it's, it extends with all your other auras. Mm-hmm. And then uh. 15th level protective spirit. Why don't you tell us about that, Orion? Yeah. Uh, protective spirit. A holy presence mends your wounds in battle. You regain hit points equal to 1d6 plus half your paladin level at the end of your turn in combat with fewer than half your hit points remaining and you aren't incapacitated. So this is this is a really nice one. Uh, just like, You get this at 15th level, you are getting a minimum of 16 HP at the end of each of your turns, so long as you are below half your HP. Yeah, and then you and if are... you're at fifteenth level, you're at triple digits HP by that point. Uh, you're most like... likely if you're. Mm-hmm. I would I would put a, a pretty good Constitution score in this character. Um, yeah, and so you're probably hitting triple digits by if you roll good enough. Twelfth, thirteenth level. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely I think for this I... character, I could see you ordering it. Like, I could see someone ordering it. Charisma is the highest, Constitution is next, and maybe even Strength is third. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think, and I think this Protective Spirit also really synergizes with Aura of the Guardian as well, because you're you're getting those hit points back, so you can take those mm-hmm. attacks more. It's, it's yeah. sweet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then at uh, yeah. the the capstone ability, emissary of redemption. Twentieth uh, level. Yeah, tell us a little about it. Tell us about it. Twentieth uh, level, you become an avatar of peace. Give you two benefits. 
you get resistance to all damage dealt by other creatures. Uh, and whenever a creature hits you with an attack, it takes radiant damage equal to half the damage you take from the attack. So, um, uh, basically, you are, you as long as you, and then the, the rider is, uh, if you attack a creature, cast a spell, or de deal damage, or basically do anything hostile to a creature, the benefit ends. So, basically... For, you sit there and talk to them. Yeah, you well, can they sit try to beat the crap out of you. Yeah, and um, they're taking they're taking damage for for hitting you. Um, they are uh, you're taking you're you're not taking very much damage with the resistance. I, I think this is really cool because you don't you don't have to unlike the other ones you're not using an uh, uh, an action or anything. It just is there until until you decide that it, the gloves are off. It's like it's yeah, like, okay, we're fighting yeah. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and what's cool is, like, it only breaks if you do something to another creature. Yeah. It's like, you can still sit there, you still have your protective spirit giving you a minimum of 21 HP per turn if you go below half. You already mm -hmm. have resistance to all damage. You have your lay on hands points to heal yourself. That doesn't break the, that doesn't break the emissary of redemption. You have your spell slots to heal yourself. Like, yeah, you There's can literally sit. For you. Yeah, you can probably sit there for hours and just. Yeah, and you're just. I think not I think care. you use this using this in combat. You're probably gonna want to be like just basically running around buffing, buffing friends and stuff like that rather than. Um, yeah, and and trying to find a, a more peaceful solution. And I think it really fits. I think it's a really good ability. I definitely used to think that the Oath of Redemption was, like, like bad. I thought it was like, oh, this is, like, the bad mm -hmm. one. Uh, but upon reading it and, like, really giving it a, a, a good look, this is... Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the more powerful ones. I think... Yeah, I don't I, think it's the most powerful because, it, you know, you're obviously you're a warrior class that is um, not about fighting, <laughs> which is contradictory, but, like, mm -hmm. the earliest you're getting is... Awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to try playing a Redemption Paladin at some point. Absolutely, me too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's going to bring us to Oath of the Crown. Our... Oh, you thought we were going to go Oathbreaker? Got to remember Skag. <laughs> oh right. Okay. I don't <laughs> um, have that one. I don't. I don't have that one pulled up. So you're going to have to take care I'm, of that. I'll, I will read it all. Um, okay. I actually am Tell me playing, about Oath of the Crown. I am actually playing an Oath of the Crown right now. This is what I'm playing. Um, I like it. I like some of the stuff. Some of the stuff I don't like. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, the tenets are, Law, the law is paramount. It's the mortar that holds the stone civilization together, and it must be respected. Loyalty, the word, your word is your bond. Without loyalty, oaths and laws are meaningless. Courage, you must be willing to do what needs to be done for the sake of order, even in the face of overwhelming odds. If you don't act, then who will? responsibility. You must deal with the consequences of your actions, and you are responsible for fulfilling, for fulfilling your duties and obligations. So this lends itself to being, um, you know, you're not sworn to a god, you're sworn to a king, or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, although you can still do the god thing. Uh, it's definitely... Yeah, I see this one lending itself much better to the binding yourself to 
a kingdom to a guild to an organization of some sort. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I like it. I think it, 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 it's what it's what's on the tin. I think. Um, mm-hmm. um, but for your paladin spells, you're gonna get command, compelled duel, warding bond, zone of truth, aura of vitality, spirit guardians, banishment, guardian of faith, circle powered gas. Um, get this is gonna this is like every podcast ever. Like, is it? Gaos? I like gas. Is it gas? I like gas. I'm actually. I like sure. gas. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's pronounced gash, but you know what? If I I'm gonna pronounce it three different ways, so it's all it's all right. That way, it'll be right for every individual, <laughs> at least once. <laughs> at least once. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but yeah, the, the the spells are actually they're they're pretty good. Um, I really like mm-hmm. warding bond a lot because warding uh, bond is so nice. I think I think it gets overlooked, and it's very cool. Like I I use it a lot because I. I play a paladin with pretty high constitution. I took the tough feet and stuff, um, and just being able to be like, okay, here you go, here you go, um, squishy bard boy or squishy druid girl or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and just go do your thing. You're gonna be you're gonna be okay because I'm gonna be taking half the damage for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just and you and the, the you get a plus one to your AC and saves, so making you a little little hardier in that sense but uh, you know resistance to all damage what's not to love at that for a second level spell yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm all about it uh and then you get like a lot of good spells like uh commands i think it also in the same way as the oath of conquest fit uh i think it fits with this subclass too the you know mm-hmm. just being like you know by the <laughs> you know stop in the by the order of, of the king <laughs> Yeah. Stop in yeah. the name of the law. I feel like, in the same sense, I think compelled duel is also very fitting there. Yeah, like, absolutely. If you, are, if you are a knight of the realm, like what would be stopping you from like, doing a duel? Yeah. And then spirit guardians. I, I really... Spirit guardians is a... Uh, is it's just the, an awesome it, spell it's in one general. Of the spell, it's one of the cleric spells that's like people... If you're, if you're playing a cleric and you have like that one player who needs to tell you what to do, they'll be like, take, take Spirit Guardian, it's just really good. Yes, it's, it is a very good spell. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there are others for clerics. You don't need to take Spirit Guardians. Hot take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, then there's Banishment. Banishment's great. <laughs> Getting someone out of there. A lot of solid options. Mm-hmm. Uh, In the name I, of the king, I exile you from this plane. <laughs> Yeah, exiling people. I think pretty flavorful stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, Channel Divinity Champions Challenge. Uh, I think this is your basically your turn ability, except reverse. They instead of making them flee, you just basically take any creature as a bonus action too. Any creature within thirty feet of you has to make Wisdom saving throw, otherwise they can't leave. Mm-hmm. Which I have not been able to use this very effectively, but I. Th- um, just I think it just hasn't been the right situation for it. Uh, but yeah, it's very to... situational channel divinity. But I can definitely see it being quite useful in, say, my like. Well, I guess the obvious one is your enemies are running away. They have something you want. Yeah. 
or um, or if your your casters or whatever are um, are a ways away, and you're just like you know you need to you need to stay here and fight me. I'm your I'm your <laughs> you need to fight me, not not our squishy wizard. Um, yeah. Uh, and then turn the tide is your other option. As as a bonus action, you can bolster the injured creatures with your channel divinity. Um, every creature of your choice that you can hear within thirty that can hear you within thirty feet uh, regains one d six plus your charisma modifier if it has no more than half its hit points. This one mm -hmm. is good at lower levels. At third level, when you get this, this will you know you're going to it has the potential for you know some of the lower lower HP characters to heal them fully and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like at, at 10th level right now, I have a hard time wanting to use this because it's like, okay, first off, how many people are w within 30 feet of me that are half health? That's a lot of stipulations. Yeah. And is my charisma modifier is plus four. So what's, so 10 HP, that's nice. Neat. Mm -hmm. Like is that, but does it give I, the requisite that they have to be conscious? Uh, no, they do not have to be conscious. So you can you can you, you can okay. definitely use this to pick people up. I, um, yeah, I feel like that's more of the use of it in like, and in higher levels. But yeah, yeah. It's it's alright. It's alright. Um, I I think they're pretty good. Uh, Divine Allegiance at seventh level. Uh, basically, this is. It's the, uh, the Oath of Redemption's aura, except it's worse. Um, starting at 7th level, when a creature within 5 feet of you takes damage, you can use reaction to magically substitute your own health um, to to take the damage instead. Basically, uh, uh, t causing that creature to not take damage. It's You have to be within 5 feet, and that really sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that so, said, we have had some really cool moments. Oh, I love it. I love this a lot. I I really do. Mm -hmm. This is, um, like being able to, to just like, I've taken fireballs before. I I, uh, mm -hmm. like or taken fireballs twice. Like where my yeah. friends are taking fireballs, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna need to make sure that this person doesn't take any damage. I think uh, one time. Our druid, who has very low HP, um, was about to. We all got hit with a uh, fire, uh, um, dragon's breath weapon, and uh, I was like, "Okay, I'm I've and I had basically been baited in by our DM to <laughs> to mm -hmm. use all my slots and stuff. Like, I'm basically I don't got a whole lot. You're left. a meat shield now. I don't got a whole lot left going for me except my hit points." I'm just gonna take this breath weapon twice, and it it nearly killed mm -hmm. me. <laughs> but it was it was a really cool moment because this is like, yeah, I just got I just got almost incinerated, but they're fine, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I use I also used it. Mm -hmm. We had a there was a host. It was like a hostage situation a little bit. Like the this guy was wearing a ring yeah. that was, when taken off would explode. So instead of mm -hmm. so I just basically took him outside and I. Took off the ring, um, and uh, I took off the ring and just said, "All right, I'm gonna take this twice." <laughs> and yeah, the guy freaked out, but he he didn't take any damage, and I took I took the I took the damage. It, I think I, at that time I had took, taken the tough feet and stuff like that. So 
Mm-hmm. I, was, I was actually all right, yeah. which was really fun, because you're just like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you took about 92 damage in, like, that one that one move. Yeah. yeah it was, I mean, was pretty right. sick. So, mm-hmm. like, It's an interesting ability. It has its uses sometimes, but compared to some to a lot of the other 7th level abilities it's it's there yeah um and then 15th level you get unyielding spirit uh you have advantage on saving throws to become paralyzed or stunned mhm <sighs> so this is where it kind of this is like the thing with the oath of the crown is it really it it's solid i would say it's a solid subclass up to 7th level and then it just sort of mhm the Peter's out. <laughs> yeah. Um, advantage on saving throws to become paralyzed or stunned. I would. I would just say like hell, like you should. You're. I I, if it was my choice, I would be like, yeah, you're just straight up immune to those conditions. Like, yeah. Fight me. That it might break the game, but I think it. I I don't think it's. They're not getting a whole yeah, lot else, I, let's be honest. Especially given that you have uh, some of the other archetypes that, like, they just have immunity to charm or immunity to, uh, like, immunity to fear, immunity to possession. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is what it is. It's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish it was better. <laughs> Yeah. It's, anyway, kind of, it's, it's kind of funny, because the, the only paladin that I'm playing right now is the one that I'm definitely the weakest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then at 20th level, you have Exalted Champion. Again, another one that's like, it could be better. I think it's like, it's a I, you see it uh, uh, in, I think you see a better version of it in the uh, Oath of Conquest. But here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get... You can use the action to gain the following benefits for an hour. So you have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. This is nice, but I okay, it's I'm, like I'm, a I'm level of barbarian. It, I'm gonna find it useless because it's uh, from non-magical weapons. Almost yeah. everything you're fighting at this level has magical weapon. Like it's a, a feat. Mm-hmm. Like that's like at this point, yeah, your it, your monsters are are just going to have magical weapons. They're going to, it's like, yeah, or their claws or whatever, it counts as magical weapons. Yeah. Um, and then your allies have advantage on death saves within 30 feet of you. Nice. You probably don't want your okay. allies to be to be dying. You're probably... <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. This, I think that, I think it kind of betrays the whole purpose of this, this class is that your allies aren't dying. You're... Mm-hmm. You're, you're taking the damage, so you're dying instead of them. Um, yeah. And then you have advantage on wisdom saving throws. That's it. <laughs> That's... Oh boy. Like, at that level, you should be having a hero's feast basically every day. <laughs> you really should. Mm-hmm. You really should have a hero's feast every day. Um... Yeah, I'd probably agree that just from, just from all that, like, probably Oath of the Crown is... Probably one of the worst of all of them. Yeah, it's. I think the first couple levels are are solid. Um, all I'm saying is I'm glad that we're, we're the campaign we're doing right now. We're not taking it very much farther because uh, 
I think I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be really disappointed when I get to exalted champion and <laughs> make mm-hmm. it a lackluster ability. Yeah, <sighs> but that's that. We can move on. Right. We all know we all know uh, Skag well, sucks anyway. So yeah. <laughs> well, since you got to read all of that, want me to just read through all of Oathbreaker? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. Oathbreaker Paladin. There aren't any tenants. You want to know why? Because it's an Oathbreaker. You've broken your oath. Um, yeah. My, so this is actually in the DMG recommended under the my villainous class options. My, even though there's only two things in here. So, you know. I yeah. kind of wish they just threw it in the PHB instead. Would have made much more sense. But anyways. Yeah. Um, Oathbreaker are, spells you got. The, I, would Go say, I would say as a premise or preface, these are Technically, they are um, not. They're not officially allowed for players. Uh, that they, yeah. If you are a player and you want to play this, you need to ask for DM's permission. It's not like the other ones where it's just it's just an option that you can choose. Like this is intended to be like uh, something that you're gonna have to ask for permission. That's all. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, my it's fine. Oathbreaker spells, uh, Hellish Rebuke, Inflict Wounds, Crown of Madness, Darkness, Animate Dead, Bestow Curse, Blight, Confusion, Contagion, Dominate Person. Again, that all sort of, that all makes sense. You're an Oathbreaker, you're sort of, like, it's sort of the closest thing you're going to get to being a fiendish paladin, I guess. Uh, So, you know, it's not really too much to say about that. Uh, but, you know, spells are all good. Uh, Channel Divinity, you've got Control Undead. As an action, the Paladin takes uh, one undead creature he or she can see within 30 feet of him or her. Uh, the target makes a Wisdom saving throw. On a fail, the target must obey the Paladin's commands for the next 24 hours or until the Paladin uses this ch- Channel Divinity option again. Uh, an undead whose challenge rating is equal to or greater than the Paladin's level is immune to the effect. So... I actually really like that because it only gets better as you level up. Yeah, you can take you this. I it kind of lends itself to being able to have like a a, a zombie pal or whatever, and you can you, know, mm-hmm. you can <laughs> go fight if you're fighting undead or whatever, and, which I think would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Fighting undead as an oathbreaker, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I need I need you now. It's like okay, this zombie is no longer doing it for me. I've grown in power and mm. this guy <laughs> it's like you slowly it's like it's sort of a better beast master in a sense that you slowly <laughs> gain more and more zombie slaves i guess or slowly better and better zombie slaves if you can find it's them. not just zombies yeah if you can find them my especially since it's undead creature you could technically do this to a vampire lord yeah so, it would be really yeah. fun i think that'd be really yeah. funny to I don't know the mm-hmm. I don't know the CR of Straw, but uh, it'd be really funny to uh, <laughs> to take control of of Straw and curse of Straw and just be like, okay, I I own yeah. this, I own uh, Barovia now. Great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like he's probably a pot CR twenty plus, but you know. I, I don't know. I, I don't own the uh, module. Yeah. Although it's, it's I fine. Probably should. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, then the other channel divinity, a dreadful aspect. As an action, the paladin channels the darkest emotion and focuses into a burst of magical menace. 
Each creature in the pal of the paladin's choice within 30 feet of the paladin must make a wisdom saving throw. If the creature can see the paladin on a failed save, the target is frightened for one minute. If the creature, if a creature frightened by this effect ends its turn uh, more than 30 feet away from the paladin, it can attempt another wisdom saving throw on the effect. So, this one's this is, all right. It's pretty um, similar. It's it's. I think it's technically better than conquering presence. Yeah, bit. like it's they're basically the same ability though, with mm -hmm. a few minor stipulations that are different. Yeah. So you know, just frighten things, make them run away. Um, uh, it's nice though that they like they stay frightened if they stay within thirty feet of you. So that's kind of yeah. nice. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, aura of hate at seventh level. Uh, the paladin, as well as any friends and undead within ten feet of the paladin, might gain <laughs> a bonus to <laughs> Yes. I mean, your fiends are probably uh, your friends. Yeah. Uh, so, my uh, the paladin, <laughs> as well as any fiends and undead, that makes more sense. Uh, within ten feet of the paladin, gain a bonus to melee weapon damage rolls equal to the paladin's charisma mod at a minimum of plus one. A creature can benefit from this feature from only one paladin at a time, if you for some reason have multiple oath breakers in one party. Yeah, I think this I think... kind of lends itself for this class being, um, you know, a villain class, like something that the DM rolls up to, um, to like mm -hmm. basically be your villain. Yeah, because it's rolling. But if you are playing this, yeah, go ahead. I was saying because it's you're gonna be you're gonna be rolling deep with you know all evil stuff and uh, mm -hmm. them getting that that charisma modifier to damage is going to be a nightmare for you. Yeah, that said, if you are playing an oathbreaker in a good party and happen to have a necromancer as well, that's awesome. Uh, just going up there with all of the necromancers, undead creatures, and just... Uh, I hope you, used, you have a bunch of pals up front. I hope you used good in air quotes. <laughs> oh yeah, there was so much air quotes there. <laughs> so anyways, uh, what's our next ability? Yeah, My Level 15, Supernatural Resistance. Uh, it's kind of crap. Uh, level 15, Paladin gains resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons. And yet they call it supernatural resistance. <laughs> well, I mean, you're getting you're getting basically the um, one of the abilities from the Oath of Crowns capstone <laughs> for free all the time. And five uh, levels sooner. <laughs> and five levels levels sooner. Yep. Oath, oh. oh, Oath of the Crown. I'm so sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm never going to make, I'm not going to level 15, so it's all right. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, and finally, Capstone Dreadlord. Uh, at 20th level, the Paladin can, as an action, surround him, him or herself with a aura of gloom that lasts for one minute. The aura reduces any bright light in a 30-foot radius around the Paladin to dim light. Whenever an enemy that is frightened by the Paladin starts its turn in the aura, it takes 4d10 psychic damage. Additionally, the paladin and creatures he or she chooses in the aura are draped are draped in deeper shadow. Uh, the creature that your creatures that rely on sight have disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures draped in the shadow. 
Uh, well, the aura lasts. The paladin can use a bonus action on his or her turn to cause the shadow in the aura to attack one creature. Uh, the paladin makes a melee spell attack against the target. If the attack hits, it deals necrotic damage equal to 3d10 plus the paladin's charisma modifier. Uh, after activating the aura, the paladin can't do so for a long rest until she, he or she finishes a long rest. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a really interesting one. I like it. Less um, of a passive, less of a passive like buff that you're getting, and more like an active, like present mm-hmm. spell-like effect. I I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely a big damage dealing potential. Oh, absolutely. And very much works well with the um, where is it? Uh, dreadful aspect. Like the yeah. dreadful aspect channel divinity. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so, yeah. that's that's all the paladin mm-hmm. stuff, Ryan. We've, we've made it. We've made it through. My only took two hours. Oh yeah, I mean, assuming you don't cut down some of this. Um, uh, why would I? Why would I do that? Anyways, um, <laughs> so your overall overall thoughts on paladins, like my either some um, role playing experience stuff. Like, what do you think? So I think Paladin is, like I said earlier, a really well-designed class. I think all of the, I think all of those subclasses really fit a nice niche. Um, like, I, I think, I think they all even like the from the Oath of Vengeance, Oath of Conquest, and stuff like that. And those like darker Paladins, they don't step on each other's toes, and I really like that. I really like how they're all. Choosing any of the Paladins is going to give you a unique flavor. And it, it is executed very well and you're gonna be you can feel like a different paladin it really it really helps to flavor that and uh, mm-hmm. but with that being said um, my personal experience don't play two paladins in the party because it sucks to be <laughs> one of the paladins and just be like oh he's he's also divine smiting oh, great yeah okay mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, I think there's some great role playing opportunity. Um, DMs out there really play up, like like really find what the um, the paladin that your player is uh, wants to portray. Like if they really want to lean heavily into like a divine order, really help them out with that. I think they can really mm-hmm. elevate it from being merely a holy warrior to something that's really part of the world what yeah. about you definitely i love paladins my definitely as we were looking into this i did a lot more thinking of like wow you can you can actually build a paladin for a lot of different situations oh uh, yeah i haven't actually played a strength-based paladin i've only really played dex-based paladins uh yeah you played a, a weird um multi-class mm-hmm. monstrosity for one shot. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that said, I think that definitely you can play a paladin as strength based or dex based. Both are great. Uh, like it depends on what archetype you choose. Obviously, I'd which one might be better for it. It's a little harder to go to go dex based in terms of. Some yeah, stuff. it's I definitely can, possible though. I can see you going a dex based paladin if you're going down the Oath of Ancients route or the. Uh, like, 
but with redemption a lot of the less like physical combat focused ones and more of the <laughs> like magic based ones absolutely but definitely i agree that uh, dms should look at the tenets that uh, each of the oaths have if they have a paladin of their in their party uh, and talk with your players about what kind of like what kind of experience they want to have as a paladin uh, maybe they like the attributes of a certain archetype but they're not a big fan of the tenets workshop it with them to come up with some tenets that can be interesting to role play but also still have that like this is what you follow yeah but make sure they pa that a paladin should feel lawful they should feel dedicated to a cause you're playing mm -hmm. a paladin if you're playing a paladin i highly recommend giving yourself a goal that you like you want to complete i think the oath of vengeance really lends itself to this like a, mm -hmm. a foe you must defeat or a a city you must save or something like that something a mm -hmm. divine quest that you you've set before yourself and yeah and don't be afraid to work mm -hmm. with your dm on that and be like hey i don't know what you're planning on but i really would like to you know do this the paladin is so versatile. You've got high charisma, so you can be you can be a really good face if you don't have any other charisma based characters. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. you're good in social situations. Uh, I, I don't know, great class, uh, but I think that's... you got great combat ability. You got great healing ability. You got great yeah. defense ability. It's yeah, yeah. Overall, really well rounded class. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, I think that concludes our. Our thunks, our thunks on this thunk tank. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, that concludes our thoughts on the paladins for this week. All right, Gabe, I have the D12 in my hand. Okay, uh, let me uh, bring up the Table of Destiny. Table right. of Destiny. What? Roll that, that good, good D D12, my guy. We've got eight. Eight. That was the... So right next to the paladin, or where the paladin was, we have the ranger. Everybody's Ooh. favorite. Everybody loved the ranger. I don't, I don't know anybody who's like, oh, the ranger sucks. It's, it's, it's way too good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, well. tune in next week on Basements and Lizards for our, uh, our ranger episode. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot for watching.